0: The biggest thing that I learned was I didn't learn until a lot later. And that was about what I was talking about before, which is it's really about your identity and deciding who you are going to be. And that controls your actions. So if you already have totally ingrained in you that you're someone who cl- like can climb big mountains or that you're someone who can climb Kilimanjaro – when you go and you whatever struggle you face it doesn't even come into your mind that quitting would be an option
1: this is episode 10 with the achiever of the impossible sarah arnold hall welcome to take command with paul gowan i am a mustang marine turned international leadership consultant each time we come together i bring you inspiring people and messages to help you take command of your relationships your time and your finances so that you are free to lead the life you want. More than taking action, greater than empowerment, take command of your life. Starting in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Muhammad Ali said, impossible is just a word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power. They have to change it. Impossible is not a fact, it's an opinion. Impossible is potential. Impossible is temporary. Impossible is nothing. And Francis of Assisi said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible. And suddenly you are doing the impossible. And oh my gosh, those quotes motivate me. This episode is all about confronting what is thought to be impossible and moving past that thought with action and sarah arnold hall is dialing this in she already has a track record of pushing what is possible and then blowing past it she has specific frameworks that we're going to dive into on this conversation she's going to share that with you sarah arnold hall is a high performance coach who helps people achieve impossible goals her own impossible achievements include climbing mount kilimanjaro hiking to the everest space camp walking the red carpet in hollywood And she is currently on a a mission to hit 100 push-ups in a row. In this Take Command conversation, Sarah talks about the importance of family in stressful times, how she takes command of her thoughts, and how she overcame her fear of flying. And I asked her how past lessons helped her uproot from her apartment in Britain and immediately move back home to New Zealand as she was facing the COVID crisis. How she's inspired. To push past what is possible. And what superpower she's growing right now. And you'll learn the surprising question that Sarah has for Oprah. If she has five minutes with her. I know you're going to love this. If you are a person who scoffs at the impossible, then this episode is for you. And if you know someone in your life who is challenged with the belief in themselves. The tactics of how to go after what's possible and to push themselves into what was once impossible, then send them this conversation. You can pay it forward. Be that hero. Be that champion. Send them the link, uh, paulgowan slash zero one zero, or paulgowan.com slash zero one zero, or share this on whatever uh, podcast platform that you're listening on. Start a conversation. Ask them what they got out of this. Maybe you start off by sending sending to them, hey, I, I got these ideas from Paul and Sarah. Hold each other accountable and then see what you can do to grow as you then have a partner to help you tackle what is impossible, or at least what you once thought was impossible. Send that link over to them. And remember, I love for you guys to connect and be part of the community. So head over to Facebook and join the Take Command crew. There we go in depth and Take Command Tuesdays and help each other improve each other's lives. That's what this is all about with that community. So let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome everyone to the take command podcast. I am so excited. I, I, I can't even talk. I'm so excited. I have a Sarah Arnold Hall connected with me from New Zealand. Sarah, thank you so much for this. I, I, I'm, I, I can't even talk. I'm so excited. How are you doing today?
0: I'm also so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm having a
1: great day. As I was looking at things to prepare for this podcast, I saw that we have some commonalities. Uh, One of them is that we are on a a mission and a challenging mission to push our bodies. You're on a hundred push-up challenge. Yes. How, how, how many are you up to right now?
0: I can do 50.
1: Holy Mm -hmm. smokes. Like that's my limit. You're at that limit right now.
0: That's where my current limit is.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. I uh I found a, a push-up challenge for for me. I'm doing the Wim Hof push-up challenge where you go through a bunch of breathing and then on the exhale, you do some push-ups. Have you heard about this?
0: No, I had no idea, but I love Wim Hof. I'm gonna have yeah. to look it
2: up.
1: It's on his app. And when he was on Lewis House's podcast, he did it with Lewis on the air. So you you go through the breath cycles and on the exhale, you just let it go and then you do push-ups. So I, I was like, you know what? What's my goal? And I'm like, well, Sarah's doing 100. So I, I too have a 100 push-up challenge. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it with like the Wim Hof method. So I want to see if I, can, if I can do that. So uh, we have that in common.
0: That's amazing. I love that so much.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think we both can look to anybody who complains about the Europe to America flight and just kind of... <laughs> Because you've taken some pretty long flights and, and so have I. I have uh, family in Japan. So going from you know LAX to uh, Tokyo or Chicago or even DC to Tokyo. Those are some pretty long flights. What's the longest flight you've taken?
0: I've taken a 16-hour flight. Um, that was my most recent flight that I took. But actually... In total, it's spending like maybe forty-four, even fifty hours in total transit, and kind of being awake that whole time. So I'm very familiar oh with that gosh. exhausting travel.
1: Well, and this this most recent trip, you you made a choice to uh, get out of Dodge and and get back from England to New Zealand. Like, what did you do? Just like donate all your stuff and and then just jump on a plane? Like, how did that how did that process work?
0: Yeah, it was the most bizarre process because from like, it, it was like on a Saturday, everything was fine. Everything seemed fine. And then by the Sunday, it was like, we're going home. And so like so much has happened recently, I think as everybody will understand um, and feel in their own lives as well. But it just became clear that we needed to go back in case we couldn't come back for maybe a year or so if we didn't go back now. Um, so, in terms of actually getting rid of our stuff, it was so much of a process of taking like everything we own to a charity store, and then just booking flights and then getting on the next one we
2: possibly could.
1: Wow, I, I remember seeing part of that from Instagram because we're we're connected on the on the on the gram, and I just I remember thinking like if I was in that place of necessity to to uproot now what was it, what would it be that I, I would consider that priority? Cause you're, you're limited to like whatever it is you're carrying with you through the airport. Or did you, did you put some stuff in the post to mail back home?
0: I didn't put anything in the post. And it's funny that you say that because as soon as we arrived in New Zealand, I lost my bag. And so it was like dawning on me. Like, like I didn't, I didn't lose it. The airline lost it. My full bag. I was like everything that I own in my entire life, the airlines just lost. I was like, the only things I had on me was what was in my backpack, which is my laptop and like a spare change of clothes. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh my goodness, what if I've just lost everything I own? And like, it's like so crazy. And um, I was staying so calm though, because I just knew I would get it back because I just feel like those things, like they they didn't throw it out of the airplane while it was moving. So I knew that they were going to get it. I would get it back.
2: Yeah. So, and and, and, so, and I did. did. Okay, good. <laughs>
0: last minute, very last minute before I had to go oh my next wife, some poor woman had accidentally taken my bag and I um, had her bag. So,
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, I, 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 there's so many questions I want to ask, but the, the, the other thing that I saw that we have in common is we're both certified high performance coaches through the high performance Institute trained by the main man himself, Brendan Burchard. And Was that adventure for you to get that certification? Is that the 50 hours of travel that you're talking about there?
0: Uh, It's not, but that was also, I mean, that would have been up there close to 50 hours as well. That's not actually the longest one I've ever done, but that would have been up there. Yeah, for sure. That was an insane time.
1: So what I'm learning already is that I want to go to different conferences and events with you. Maybe go visit the world with you. I'm not going to travel with you though. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I promise I'm not like bad luck while I
1: travel. <laughs> and I want to acknowledge you right off, uh, off the gate because as you were really just evacuating from Britain to get back to New Zealand, uh, I saw your posts on Instagram and I, I, I would never have thought that you were displacing around the world. I had to like rewatch a few parts of your story to understand, like you just got rid of everything, and now you're getting ready to go to the other side, of, the other other side of the world because you got to switch hemispheres twice, like <laughs> east to west and north to south. Yes. What's the biggest thing that you learned for what's important to you with a, a journey like that, especially with
2: the timing of a journey like that? Yeah.
0: I mean, I think the biggest thing is family. And I know that that sounds really um, like a fluffy answer or like the, the nice answer. But really, it was about that. It was like, if I have to give up all my stuff, you're kind of stripped back. I have this philosophy about um, swimming naked in the ocean. And the idea is that if you had to get naked in the ocean with everyone you knew or your idols, you're including like anyone who might have more resources than you, less resources than you, and you all get in the ocean completely naked, you are all the same. And so that's like, you shouldn't compare yourself to each other. Right. But I kind of had that feeling around like giving up all my stuff and moving. And it's like, what you're stripping away everything. What's important. It's like, you're swimming in the ocean naked and all you are again is you and it makes you really reevaluate what, what's important in my life. And I realized it's really family and family extending to friends as well. It's the people in my life. And I realized that I wanted to be back with the people that I loved. Um, and I mean, I had plenty of people that I had to leave behind in England as well. And that, so it wasn't an easy choice to make. Um, and I'll be back there. But yeah, I would say that it's family.
1: And the thing that I haven't mentioned, because at the at the time of the filming of this right now, we are in the middle of COVID. Uh, cases are still on the rise in America here. Uh, I haven't looked at, at New Zealand's impact. How are y'all faring down there?
0: We're quite lucky because we're very isolated. It's the one of the few times that being isolated is an advantage. So um, I think we have about a thousand cases and we've had one death, which is um, we're pretty
2: Lucky compared to the states, sure.
1: Yeah. Who did you make the 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 trek with from around the world to get back home?
0: I was with my partner Daniel, so we actually moved together to England. He is British, so he had was able to get, and I had to get a visa. But he um, he moved for me. Actually, I was. I said I wanted to um, to travel and. Um, I wanted, didn't want the travel to end. I wanted to have an adventure. And, and so he moved from me and he, um, ended up moving back from me as well because I was the real driver. He still had a job over there, um, that he had to leave. And, you know, he's a really fantastic support.
1: Big shout out to him. Uh, that is absolutely amazing. And so you get back home and you're not even allowed to interact with your loved ones. they, 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 they cordoned off part of the house for y'all to live back there. Talk Absolutely. us through through that adventure.
0: Yeah. So they pick us up from the airport by dropping two cars. So his parents came, they picked us, dropped two cars and they went back on one car. We were fully there with the masks and everything. We got into the car and then um, we went around the back of the house. They, they can um, cut off one part of the house, turned the laundry into a mini kitchen for us. Um, And then they would basically drop us food at the door, knock, and run away. And so for the last two weeks, they've been cooking all of our meals. They've been so fantastic Um, at looking after us and just dropping food at the door and running. And then the last two nights, we've actually been able to cook for them. So we cooked them a full Christmas dinner (laughs) last night um, just for fun, um, which was really nice.
1: I love that because I think I would be tempted if I had meals being brought to me several times a day. I would just be like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one, I, I don't know if I feel too well. Can you keep the <laughs> meals coming?
0: Exactly. It was, it was really, really nice. Yeah. It was one perk of being locked in a house. In
1: yeah. yeah. You know, one of the, the things that is, is foundational within the Take Command project is that people don't rise to the occasion in times of stress, they fall back on their training. So as you look back throughout your life, what are the points that you see that you've had something similar? It's, it's not exactly like COVID. It's not exactly like grabbing your partner and moving across two hemispheres to, to come back to New Zealand. But you had other things in your life that prepared you for this, that you've been training for this. Because you, from everything I could see, you did this with excellence and grace and, and poise and leadership, Sarah. What are the pieces of your past that helped prepare you for something like this?
0: Well, thank you. Um, there's, oh gosh, there's always, um, bits and pieces. I think I've been tested quite a few times. Um, and I always like to think of, um, of things as a test rather than as a, um, a disaster. It's more of like a, how bad do you want it type situation? Um, the most, the thing that comes to mind the most for me was traveling to the high performance coaching, um, certification that we did, where actually I met you, Paul, for the first time, Um, and that was the most, it sounds like it would just be the most straightforward, basic, you get on a flight, and you go to your thing, and it just turned into this giant disaster, and every step of the way, I just had to um, pick myself up, make a decision about the thoughts
2: that I was going to think about it, and keep moving forward.
1: When. When was this? Cause I, we've been connected for a little while and because of social media, it's, I, I feel like I get to check in with you a few times a day. When, mm-hmm. when was that certification?
0: So this was the 2018 November, um, certification in Arizona. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's not that long ago and yet it just, it, it feels, wow, that's awesome. As you're, as you're talking through choosing the thoughts that you want to think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want you to think about a member of the audience listening to this or watching this right now and speak directly to this man or woman who doesn't have that skill yet for that choice, that taking command of one's own thoughts and break that down into a few like tactical steps. Uh, What would be maybe two or three steps for a person who's not uh, familiar with that training that they could gain some proficiency. Walk us through that, would you?
0: Of course. Okay, so I think a lot of the time we ask ourselves, what do I need to do to get the result that I want? That's kind of like the model that we use as humans. It's like everyone's doing that. What do I need to do to get the result that I want? When really we should be asking ourselves, who do I need to be to get the result that I want? Because once you step into being a certain person, The action then comes automatically. So if you, for example, you're somebody who eats healthily, you don't have to stress about whether you're on your diet or you're not on your diet because you're someone who is a healthy person. That's who you are, for example. Um, If you're someone who believes you're not a healthy person, then the action you're trying to take is going on the diet and it just doesn't align with who you are. So the first step is to ask yourself, who do I need to be? To get the result that I want, and in this case, it might be the result you want could be anything. It could be to solve this problem. It could be it could be literally you know in any result that you want It could be to make a million dollars. It could be to lose the weight, stop smoking, to, to um, show up amazingly in the meeting that you're going into. Whatever it is, who do I need to be? And then, secondly, it's asking yourself now that I am that person and stepping into that. Now that I am. A healthy person now that I am someone who serves with excellence now that I am um, you could put and you could be Miley Cyrus you could choose a, a persona to step into now that I am that person, what do I do and so it's coming from this whole new place of choosing your thoughts based on uh, choosing your thoughts and your actions based on the person that you need to be rather than just the, the doing um, that would be that, that then you
2: can take the next step. It's actually how I overcame my fear of flying.
1: Wow. Okay. Maybe you've had this in, in some of your coaching conversations. You, you think you have an idea of where we're going to go, and then all of a sudden it's just like it, it, it's not a crossroad. It's just like it, it explodes into this cluster of, well, which, which one of the spectrum of opportunities do we want to go to? Who do you need to be right now? And
2: for what or for who are you asking me? Yeah. Oh,
0: fantastic. The person that I need to be right now is the coach who serves because I feel that I have, and that is a, that is a being as well, that we can take that from a place of doing, like I need to serve as a coach. I I need to serve. I need to do all these things. I need to show up on Facebook. I need to blah, 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 blah. But really it's, I need to be the serving coach. I need to be the one who's stepping up and because this is a difficult time, um, for so many people. And I really feel like that's my, um, my mission
2: right now is to show up as that, um, excellent coach.
1: And, and what's the, what's the driving force for you? I, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Nietzsche who to paraphrase him when you know, your why you can bear most any, how and you're you're creating such amazing content you You've got this online program that you are just representing so well online, like i I'm watching like how you're doing it, who you're serving, how like all of these things. What is that driving force, that purpose, that why, that keeps you moving forward every day?
0: Mm, I want to be an example of what's possible. I want people to look at my journey now and think, "Oh she's not you know, maybe she's not where she wants to be, but she's going for it." Um, and then one day I'd love for people to look back at my first YouTube videos and go, they were shocking. If she can get to where she is now, um, you know, in my future self, and they'll be able to look back and go, wow. And, you know, at one point she couldn't do any push-ups, and now she can do 50 or at one point she had these shocking YouTube videos and now she has a great, you know, YouTube presence or something like that. Whatever, anything that I'm going after, it's always for the idea of, I want to be an example of what's possible for people.
1: As you look back on your YouTube videos right now, uh, I'm, I'm doing this. I see that I, I unbuttoned too many buttons and I, <laughs> I, I had the goop in my hair and I, I, I wasn't the stylist. So like everything looked great up front and then I would turn to the side and you would just see this little flap of hair, like a little shelf, uh, absolutely hilarious. And I've got some great friends that will take screenshots and send that to me. What's something that you're already finding with your initial work that you just find delightful or hilarious or for me, like unfortunate, like it was unfortunate that I thought it was okay to unbutton that many buttons, Uh, but in a, a delightful kind of way. What have you found anything like that in your YouTube videos?
0: Definitely. For me, it's my intros. So I would try and, um, I, I, there's so many of them that I didn't post either and that you won't see. They're actually on my private YouTube channel. and I'll have a look at them and laugh already. And that's only, you know, a year ago or so. Um, but they'll come up with this kind of intro of, hi, I'm Sarah Arnold Hall. And today we're going to talk about mindset, personal development and coaching. And then I'll freeze and I'll, like I will have had my intro ready and then I'll be like, Oh my gosh and then I'll just start talking on a tangent and I will have no idea what I'm about to say. And it just goes off on this whole rant and you can tell that I'm off track. You can tell that I know that I'm off track. <laughs> so I would say definitely like having that super structured script kind of idea.
1: We're, we're going to have to exchange like the best of the bloopers videos like in the future here. I love yes. that so much. Have, have you always had this resolve? of of wanting to demonstrate what is possible or was there a time in your life that you you questioned that that you you questioned your your metal or your can do itness
0: yeah i don't think i always did i think i always had like the the seed of the the acorn what do you call it? a seed of an acorn but just the acorn was there um in terms of the idea um but i hadn't really figured out how I wanted to do that. And so it was sort of, I was in this place of like, I'm a multi-passionate person and I'm just like, just throwing myself at anything. I told my mom the day before I went to university to study psychology, I was like, I want to be a DJ. And like, you know, I'll, like, you know, she lost the plot. She was like, what? You're paying all this money to be like, <laughs> do psychology and you want to be a DJ? She like, but in, in, you know, in my eyes, it made total sense that I was going to become a DJ. Sure. Um, so I think, I always knew that whatever I wanted to do, I wanted to excel in it. Um, that was something that I always had from, from being young. But I, I think I just had no idea which direction. I mean, I think, I think it's just totally, most of us have no idea about a lot of these things. And I think my, you know, my mission and my why might change throughout the years um, because it has changed in the past. So yeah, definitely not from the beginning.
1: You kind of hope so at a certain point though, don't you? Like when you when you look back across like some of the purposes or some of the directions you were going, you're like, oh, I am so glad that I shifted directions. Yeah, totally. What, uh, as you were growing up, what was your greatest
2: fear? Uh, that is, that's date pool. I I think... Um, it's a, that's a really tricky one to answer because there's my surface level answer which
0: is like losing loved ones which I think um, I would say that a lot of people deal with and struggle with um, that was like my biggest fear for sure um, but I also had fears around I think not being seen or not making the impact that I wanted to make on the world. I was afraid of leaving the earth before I had a chance to do the work that I felt like I had come to do. And even though I didn't know what that was, whether it was going to be a DJ or whether yeah. it was going to be to be an air hostess, which is funny because of my fear of flying at the time, but I still wanted to do it. Um, I didn't, I didn't know what that was going to be, but I always felt like I was just terrified. Um, and I think that actually the, I turned that into becoming a driver for me instead of like a,
2: a thing that held me back. Um, so yeah.
1: I, I love that, you know, because there's so many people that for whatever reason it, it might be where they grew up or their, their choice of which God to worship or the the pigmentation in their skin or their gender or gender identity that they might have, these societal limitations put on them, or expectations put on them, and, and you stepped away from that because you recognize that impact. Walk me through that choice again for that that person in the audience who might be feeling that that you know, but I'm different, Sarah. You don't understand me. Going back to kind of what Brendan talks about, that caged life. Mm. Rattle the cage. Show them the show them the handle that they can open that door and step foot in the direction of what is. Possible for them.
0: I would say you are different. I think you're totally right. You're different. You're just not thinking about that in the right way. Change that thought to be, I'm different and that's my strength. Because I, even now, it's something that I have to work on consistently daily. As is the, is the challenges that I face that I think are very personal to me and no one else in the whole world is dealing with this challenge, um, I have to think about it like, well, Actually, that can be my advantage. And sometimes you don't have to know how it's going to be your advantage yet. There's a really great story in Think and Grow Rich about this um, by Napoleon Hill, where the son he is deaf and the father just instills in him this idea that it will be like his greatest advantage. Yes. And his father has no idea how. And then one day um, he uses it to um, inspire tons of other people um, with the cochlear implant that he gets. Um, and he, you know, built this huge business around it um, and it becomes a fantastic empire. And you don't know how your disadvantages and how what makes you different in a good or a bad way can become your advantage. And so I would just say, just hold that faith that whatever you think it is that makes you different or the reason you think you can't do it could be the greatest reason that you can.
1: I've heard some people call that the, uh, their superpower. Yes. Uh, what's your superpower right now? Or what's the one that you're cultivating?
0: Oh, cultivating. I would say um, the one that I'm cultivating is to be able to connect to anybody. That's like, I love, Oprah is like my kind of guru for that. I watch her and wow, she can just open someone up in the first sentence. I would love to be able to connect
2: with people on that level. That's the one I'm cultivating.
1: If you had five minutes with Oprah and she brought you in to coach her, what would you do? How would you open her up?
0: That's such, I've always thought about Oprah coaching me.
2: Wow. If I were to coach Oprah, I would ask her about what it is that over all these years she still feels like she
0: doesn't know. Because she always talks about what I know for sure. That's like her line, what I know for sure. Oprah, what do you not know for sure? And I would get her to open up about what she doesn't know for sure and see if she can um maybe reconcile that a little bit. Cause I do think that most of us do actually know a lot for sure within ourselves if we're truly if we're truly honest with ourselves and we can look inside. We actually know all the answers ourselves. That's the trick. That's the real that's the real thing is we all know the answers and that's the power of coaching. We have them already inside ourselves, just having someone else bring them out a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have the answer in this corner of my introspection and coach, break out the floodlight. <laughs> Illuminate that corner for me. I love yeah. that. You, you have such poise. You have such clarity. Uh, we don't arrive to this place on our own. Who is the most influential person for you growing up? And what did they teach you or what did they impart on you? Or if we're going for like the, the fun words, what did they inculcate in you? Ooh,
0: inculcate. Um, it's my uncle. He uh, gave me a window into an opportunity. A window. Man, I'm, I'm using all the good words now. Um, he gave me the opportunity to see that there was a different path. And so the way that he did that was uh, while everybody around me started drinking and doing drugs, he just said a few lines to me. He said, oh, no, I've never, I've never tried it. And I thought, oh, okay, he's never tried drugs. No, he really meant he'd never picked up alcohol. And at the time I had the sort of, I don't want to drink alcohol yet. I was about 13 or 14 and some of my friends were starting to drink alcohol. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's actually an option to never do it. And it just kind of opened up my mind, not just for that. I actually have also never had a drink, but I think it's, um, it's not about not having the drink. It was really about making a decision that you can choose to go against the grain. And again, it can be your strength. Um, it was just this over my life, over a period of different conversations that we had as well, just this oh, you can do stuff differently. You don't have to do things. Like you can do things the way that you think, like that you've never even heard of. I didn't know of anybody in the whole entire world who would never had a drink. And then my uncle yeah. said it and I was like, whoa. And I was like, I could, I could never have a drink. What if, what if I never have? And I don't have a resolve to never drink, but I just, I just never have had one.
1: And it's because somebody helped show you that, that that's an option.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's just, um, and I don't condemn anybody for drinking and I, it's just my, it's absolutely my choice. Um, and I think that that extends out to so many other things. It's definitely not just about the drinking. It's like, you can choose every little point in your life. You can question everything and you can construct your life to be
2: however you want it to be.
1: Uh, I mean, that really hits home for me because I, I lost myself to alcohol when I came back from Afghanistan as a Marine. Mm. And I, I would even be cute about it. I'm like, oh, people say there's no answers at the bottom of the bottle. No, like most bottles are worth a nickel in Oregon and Washington if you recycle them. Uh, yeah. In, in numbing that pain with booze, I'm, I'm so glad that although you, you're not going to experience that journey, uh, it, it's going to continue it Catapult you on this this place of service uh, that you continue to pave in front of you I just I, I love seeing everything that you're doing Thank you One of the things we talked about was uh, you climbed Kilimanjaro like I, yes. i'm pretty happy with growing up in montana i'm half the state's population i would I would go backpacking or trekking uh, most every summer. I haven't done something like the highest peak on a continent before. (laughs) What was the biggest thing that you learned from that track?
0: Oh, the biggest thing that I learned wasn't, I didn't learn until a lot later. And that was about what I was talking about before, which is it's really about your identity and deciding who you were going to be. And that controls your actions. So if you already have totally ingrained in you that you're someone who like can climb big mountains or that you're someone who can climb Kilimanjaro, when you go and you, whatever struggle you face, it doesn't even come into your mind that quitting would be an option. And I genuinely remember we, we, when we finished, my mom said, oh, it's really amazing that we all got to the top. And I was like, yeah, we, of course we did. And she was like, no, no, but some people had to turn around. And I was like, yeah, but not us because we were going to do it. And she was like, yeah, but we could have gotten sick or something could have happened. And it just never even crossed my mind that we wouldn't do it. I was like, we're doing this. And of yeah. course there there are disadvantages to that kind of, if you, if you don't have perspective, luckily I had, you know, my mom and other people around me for perspective. Um, you don't want to just be completely like, we're doing this no matter what type attitude. You Come hell or
1: high water, this is going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got to have a bit of perspective. But um, I think, yeah, it's, it's again, if, you, if you've made the decision about who you are, then the action that fits with that, um, that belief, that identity will automatically happen.
1: So for those people that don't have such an amazing mother uh, or the uncle to help give these options, create and point out these options to shed this light on perspective, what would you say to the people that they're on their own to gain that? Maybe they're they're coming from a place where their family members or their friends didn't choose the right path and it, it wasn't for the uh, some place of malice. They, they just didn't know that there was an option. But now they're listening to this today and they want to shift their perspective. How does one do that if they don't have the, the family structure and resources like you had? Because uh, you're, you're crafting your own way right now and, and you're going out on your own. So what would those, maybe what are you doing to get your own perspective or what would a person that doesn't have that do uh, to gain that perspective?
0: I always think that um, some people say like, oh, you've got a great mindset, Sarah. And I'll say my mindset is only just um, an amalgamation of Tony Robbins and Oprah and Brendan Brown and Brooke Castillo and all of these mentors that I really um, am passionate about. And my uncle, you know, and my mom, and it's kind of this um, mush of like all these ideas that I've chosen. Like, yep, that's an idea that I want to take on. And that's another idea. Not, every, not their entire philosophy necessarily, but every... Like, You know, you want to pick and choose and create your own mindset and your philosophy. So I would say it's about finding mentors and they don't have to be people that you know necessarily. They can be people that don't even know that you exist. Like most of my mentors have no idea (laughs) that I exist. Um, But you can imagine what they would say to you. Half of my journals are filled out with conversations that I'm having with my mentors that they never never actually had with me. So I'm facing a problem and I think, what would Oprah do? Like, who would Oprah be right now? What would Oprah be saying? And I'll imagine Oprah or, or whoever it is in that moment. And, and I'll have a conversation where I literally write out as if it's a script, Oprah. And then Oprah says, so Sarah, what are you struggling with today? And then it will be Sarah's turn. Well, I'm struggling with this thing. And Oprah says, well, what are you going to do about that? And like, what about this thing? And I would do this. And I have this full on conversation. So find your mentors, whoever they are, podcasts um, YouTube videos, people in your community, maybe not right now in the physical community, but maybe in the online community. Yeah. So find your mentors.
1: Oh, wow. Is there a place where you're holding back that, that, you know, you have the capacity right now to be at a 10 and, and, and you're at a, not a 10. Uh is there a place that you're playing small right now in your life? If you came in to coach yourself, you could be like, hey, 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 what what's going on over here, Sarah? Do you have anything like that right now? Oh, Paul, you're
0: calling me out. Um, yes, yes. Oh I think there are always um uh, little places that you can improve, you know, and I have big places to improve as well. Um I would say that I'm not showing up in the way that I know I can show up for my audience um and for the the people that I can serve. I do a bit and I do when I do, I try and do my best. Um, But I hold back because of my own fears. Oh, I'm not good on video. Oh, I'm, you know, I never know what to say or I get nervous. So the other day I made a, like a, a a live video on Instagram and I was just like chopping some oranges and I made an orange juice while I was sharing my goals and I watched it back and I was like, Oh, I really hope no one ever sees this. (laughs) Um, So I would say it's, coming from a place of like i need to get out there and serve regardless because one day i'll look back on that orange juice video and i'll laugh and i'll be able to point out everything that i did wrong just like i did before with the first youtube video i ever made so yeah it's showing up
1: well now that you recognized it just what would you do like your your question who do you need to be to go past that fear what what what's that answer like if we just uh if we take that question that you said earlier for a test drive here What is it? Who is that person? Yeah. To show up. Yeah.
0: I need to be the person that, um, is not about me. It's about the people that I'm serving. I need to show up with knowing that there's somebody out there right now who is going to benefit from the video. Even if it's one person whose life will be slightly enhanced, then it's, and that's the person that I'm making the video for regardless of how awkward I feel over there, I have my eyelash filter on or not,
2: you know?
1: I I love that you give the shout out to the eyelash filter because I thought they were your natural lashes for a while. It's like, holy God, what? (laughs) No, it's
0: fantastic because I I love the Instagram eyelash filter because it's one of those ways, it's like a little hack that if you're really not feeling, you know, so good and you want to serve, you can show up and your hair can be a nut. You can have like your pajamas on and you just quickly check on the eyelash filter and suddenly it's like, you're on you feel like you're 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 on i wish uh i could apparently there's eyelash filters in real life apparently they're called like um what do you call them like just fake eyelashes eyelashes, eyelashes. but there's just so much that's so much more work
1: (laughs) well and then there's people that like will get them glued on with like almost permanent glue and then they get like these reactions and their face just ah.
0: yeah that'll be a Uh, story if i do um, that yeah
1: I'm going to, I'm going to figure out this eyelash filter thing and, and, and post some stuff on Instagram just as an homage to you, Sarah. Please. I love this so much. We're, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, you have an, a, a program called the impossible incubator. Talk to yes. us about that. Let, let us know how we can find that and, and tell us more about what that is and what inspired you to put that together in service for others.
0: Impossible Incubator is the program that I always wanted to join. And as cheesy as that sounds, I basically created the space that I, I, my dream space. So I always had this idea that if you wanted to get fit, you know where to go. You join the gym, you get a personal trainer or you do workout videos online. Um, if you want to, uh, uh, you want to find love, you go to like the dating apps, you do all the things. So where, where do you go if you have a giant dream? And your family and friends may either not support it or that you're too scared to tell them or they just don't get it. Where's the place that like incubates your dreams? And I was, that, that's where Impossible Incubator was born. I encourage everybody that I meet to set an impossible goal and I'm going to have to hear about your impossible goal, Paul. Um, but to set something so huge that it feels impossible, and then to have a community of people around you all going after their own impossible goals and strategizing how to make your impossible goal happen. So each week inside Impossible Incubator, which is my membership, we have a mastermind call and everybody gets on there and we all try and work out the issue that the other people are having. Um, or the, the mindset struggle or the reason why they haven't taken action on the thing they were going to do last week. Um, because the thing is, most of us do know how to do our goal. Let's say you want to go to the moon. It feels impossible, but actually, you know, you need to probably go to NASA and there's steps to do that. It's actually getting ourselves to do that. So um, having a support group for your wildest dreams, and there's there, you know there's private coaching in there as well. We do we have um, experts who come in and do master classes. We have um, accountability every day to make sure you're doing the things that you said you were going to do. Um, we even have you know packages that are literally sent to your door with the workbooks in them. It's the whole shebang on like this is like boot camp for your biggest dream, and it's essentially the, the coolest thing that I could think of that I wanted to join, and so that's why I created.
1: I, I, I love that, especially like the boot camp for your, your dream. Like, It's so amazing because you have a way uh, of calling me out on your Instagram posts. I remember when I took a screenshot because you had this smirk with the eyelash filter on in black and white. And it was talking about, Am I holding back on my impossible dream? And that so impacted me that after I got done taking that screenshot and reposting it, I went and outlined uh, a new course, uh, for me to create. So, uh, I love how you show up with this. We'll put the link in the show notes below. My impossible dream is rooted from, uh, some of the work that I was able to do in Afghanistan. I was outspoken that what we were doing over there was, uh, it's inappropriate. It's wrong. The, I I did not see my enemy, uh, in, in the, in the hills of Southwest Afghanistan, I saw the enemy to America wearing the same uniform as me in pursuit of advancing their own career. So my impossible goal is with everything that I'm learning with, uh, language to go to thoughts, to go to action. I am going to go sail around the world and go visit every country in the world and do some of this linguistic training so that people know that they have an option, that they know they can create their own path, and that in knowing that, peace is a more prevalent option than what we've been doing for, for the last few hundred years, especially. Um, but we can trace it back to the origins of humanity. Uh, my, my goal wow. is to, uh, I, I call myself a peacemonger now, a combat vet turned peacemonger. I and, love uh, that. Yeah. Wow, that's that's
0: so amazing! Yeah, and I know that you're going to do it as well. I can tell by the the fierceness of your dream. Um, when uh, what's your first action?
1: Well, I got the uh, sailing certification, and now it's to grow my message uh, to where I have people regularly coming in and and downloading the courses and getting the workbooks and all of these pieces because this is going to be a huge investment of resources because part of this is to go meet with uh, veterans and their families and then go meet with the local leadership. Uh, The the UN hasn't worked. So I I, I have no desire to meet heads of state uh, with the exception of Pope Francis. Uh, I'm really keen to meet him um, because his namesake, Francis of Assisi, is a combat veteran who oh,
2: uh, became
1: very involved with peace. Yeah. Yep. He was en route to the Crusades and he, he flipped a U-turn and went back and rebuilt churches throughout Italy. And so uh, that's the only head of state right now that's on my horizon that I want to meet. Um, and so it's going to be a, a, a huge financial investment to, to go and do that. So it's to build my, my business to where I can go in and have that uh, outreach. So that's the, that's the big first step. And uh, yeah, you've definitely put a shot across my bow with that, that smirk and that eyelash filter, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's so cool. I'm so excited about this.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we'll put the links for the Impossible Incubator in the show notes here. And where can we find you? I've been in, mentioning Instagram. So what's your Instagram handle and do you hang out anywhere else on, on the, uh, in the interwebs?
0: Yeah, I'm on I'm on all the places. So you can find me on all the places under my name. If you search Sarah Arnold Hall, sometimes it has a hyphen, sometimes it doesn't. Usually the search bar will will find it with or without the hyphen. So you can find me under Sarah Arnold Hall on all on all the things. The YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram.
1: Yeah. All of the platforms. We we've got it. That is awesome. Final few questions here for you. Uh I, we're gonna we're gonna do this again in the future. There's just so many things left unquestioned, left unanswered. Left. I, I'm so excited to do this again with you in the future. Uh, but the, the last few questions here for you: If if you woke up tomorrow and found out it's the end,
2: you've got today. What would you do? I would throw
0: a well. I mean. <laughs> I'm going to hope that that tomorrow doesn't include the coronavirus lockdown. I'm just going to like put that to the side. I would throw a massive dance party. And I know that that sounds trivial. But to me, one of my biggest joys in life is group dancing. And I think that it brings out so much joy in everyone else. And I would have everybody come together and celebrate, regardless of whether they knew it was my last day or not and we would line dance together not necessarily like the classic line dancing just like just like aerobics line dancing the kind of line dancing where everyone's doing it anyone can join in the whole room is up dancing
2: um, because i feel like that's a real expression of just joy and um, i can't think of a better way to celebrate the last day
1: and would you dj that dance party
0: <laughs> do you know what i learned paul Um, and this is a really great uh, kind of question that you can ask yourself, and that I discovered on my path to finding uh, some of my passions, is when you look at a passion, you can ask yourself, do I really want to do the thing or do I want the outcome? And so what I discovered with DJing is that I really just wanted to dance to amazing music. And I realized that my passion is actually dancing and not DJing. And the similar thing happened. I thought I was going to be a designer right up until the last minute. I thought I was going to be a fashion designer. And I realized I didn't want to make the cool clothes. I just wanted to wear the cool clothes, (laughs) which I think is a really important distinction because otherwise I could have gone down this whole path of designing, um, which I still love to design things, but not as a full-time career. And so do I want the outcome of coaching or do I want to coach? I want to coach. Yeah.
1: I love that. I love that. Uh, And I want to challenge you even in the middle of COVID here. uh, Let's put on the dance party and you let me know. Uh, I took two years of dance as a kid, uh, tap and jazz. Stop. I'm a trained
0: tap dancing teacher. Get out. Yes.
1: They had to special order my shoes and I only wore a size 13. Then I'm in a 15. I don't even know if they make them. I just have to like super glue some soda cans on the bottom of my shoes or something. Yeah. Uh, so I want to challenge you. Let's, let's get that done before you get that memo that it's your last day. Mm. Uh, and we can figure out a way to do it virtual. We can, we can host a dance party somehow. Uh, let let me know and I will be there.
0: Fantastic.
1: And what would, what would have your, uh, DJ name have been? Did you ever get that far down that path?
0: I I did. And it's so embarrassing. Um, it's Alexina X. And it, it's like it, the reason it's Alexina X is because it makes a cool logo and you can like draw it in a cool way.
1: <laughs> There's that designer part of you there too. I love it. There I love you go. It. Question for you, Sarah. And thank you so much for being on here. You, you are such a light and a, a love for the world and you have this way. I, I will pause your, uh, your, your, uh, stories on Instagram and grab my lady, Valerie, and I'll be like, check out what Sarah's doing today. <laughs> It's just like, you'll be like super calm and super chill. But what you'll say is so impactful. I, I have an expression, that it, it's called slapping your brain. And you like slap my brain to this level of wake up to your next level of potential, Paul. And not a lot of people have that effect on me. It is, it is the reason why I look out for your posts. It's one of the first things I see every morning. And it helps with the uh, the offset for you being in New Zealand and me being in Arizona right now. Uh, keep leading. You are creating such an amazing platform and a legacy for so many people. So I want to acknowledge you for that.
2: Wow.
0: Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me, Paul.
1: Absolutely. And, and especially that, that eyelash filter. I'm going to figure that well, out. I'm eyelash
0: gonna... <laughs> filter. I'm, I'm gonna, I watch out for your posts too. I'm going to be watching out for your eyelash filter.
1: Okay. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. So final question, what is your definition of take command?
0: Oh, my definition of take command. Oh, I say it differently, don't I?
2: Command. Um, My definition is... You're going to cut this space, right? (laughs) Um, My definition is to...
0: Really, like when I think of taking command, I'm imagining like grabbing hold of like the reins or of the uh, the wheel, um, and like t- steering it into a different direction. So it's really about like choosing the direction you want to go in, and then just like putting your foot on the gas. <laughs> I know that's like a real, it's like a metaphor and much less
2: of a idea, but that's what I'm seeing when I see take command. And like grab that wheel and like put
1: the foot on the gas. I absolutely love it. Sarah Arnold Hall, thank you so much. We're we're gonna do this again and and stand by for that eyelash filter, it's gonna happen.
0: Fantastic, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you. It was such a pleasure.
1: Sarah motivates me on a daily basis as I see what she's doing in the world, the content that she's posting, keeping track of her journeys, having her check in on me. She is an inspiration. And if you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to share it with a friend, paulgowan.com slash 010. Text one friend right now. Send this episode, share it on the podcast, share it over on Instagram, tag me, paul.gowan and Sarah Arnold Hall. Be a hero in someone's life. Pay it forward. Amplify the good messages that you align with, those ones that are gonna challenge you to pursue what you thought was once impossible. And do me a favor, would you give me a rating Uh, One star, five stars, whatever it is, and let me know what you really like or one suggestion for improvement. I love growing from the feedback of this community. I am so grateful for the wisdom and the experience, the knowledge, the, the pushing past what I thought was impossible that I get from amazing guests like Sarah, and I'm so proud that I get to share these conversations with you. If you want some help pushing past the impossible, check out uh, Sarah's homepage. All of the information are, is going to be in the show notes. If you want to take a look at how to grow in your life, your relationships, or your business, head over to paulgowan.com apply. Complete a current client application. We're taking applications right now, and my team and I are so excited to see if you're a good fit for this program because I know that it will help you grow and su- succeed faster than what you are currently doing. I am so grateful for Sarah's light and the love that she is in this world. And remember those quotes from the beginning. Muhammad Ali said, impossible is just a word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it. Impossible is not a fact. It's an opinion. Impossible is potential. Impossible is temporary. Impossible is nothing. And Francis of Assisi said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's what possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and it, you know what time it is now. Take command and lead the life of your dreams.